Welcome to Double Fries No Slot. It is Sunday, February 20th, and we're back for another episode. TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes, and from FSU Track, Mr. Trey Cunningham. Trey, how are you doing this morning? Thanks for hanging out. I'm well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Richie, we'll get rolling here in just a minute, but uh, another FSU athlete, this time with a blue check mark. That's what I want to ask you about first, Trey. <laughs> Like, I, listen, we the show's name is Double Fries All Saw. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But before we do anything else, you've accomplished a lot of cool things. You hold records and stuff. How cool did it feel to get that blue check mark? Was that like, was that pretty cool? Or were you just like, ah, whatever? So it probably would have been cool like a few years ago. Um, I don't think it's that cool anymore. Mm. I mean, it's just because like I've seen like some of my friends like move on to the next level as well and like they get that blue check mark. But it was crazy. So I was like moving apartments and stuff and I got back from Olympic trials and I just like checked Instagram one day and it was on there and I was like, oh, okay. And so I looked at some other people who did well at Olympic trials and they had the blue check mark as well from college. So I was like, oh, so I guess if you just go to Olympic trials, you get a blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to find um something that I could go to Olympic. I, I don't know if they have anything that would fit my skill set that they could get there, but I've been working for the, uh, for the blue check mark for years now. And I've got some old tweets that, that they probably will never give me one, but anyway, double fries, no slaw. Appreciate you for hanging out. Uh, wanted to, wanted to introduce you, wanted to, um, and to let people kind of know who you are. Tell, give everybody a, a quick background. Trey Cunningham, um, competes in hurdles, correct? For, track and field tell tell the people a little bit about yourself introduce yourself and we'll get going all right so we'll start with track i mean i run the sprint hurdles i do not run over 13 seconds um i get to do that and go sit down that's why i chose it so <laughs> um but i come from <laughs> small town winfield alabama and found myself in tallahassee uh, loved it here as soon as i got on campus thought it was a place i could be without track if it ended the next day so I stayed, stuck with it. Um, fun fact, Double Fries, No Slaw from Guthrie's. I actually know the people who started it and like grew up kind of close to them a little bit. So this is very interesting that they haven't hit me up yet. <laughs> Get that name image and likeness going. Yeah, I was going to say. But uh, I'm in my master's program. I graduated last year in public relations here at Florida State and I just started sport management and we're going to see what happens after the outdoor season and turn professional. Awesome. When you, now we talked about this a little bit off air. I want to, I have to do this. I can't not do this when, when you're on here, but do you get your gut box double fries, no slaw, or do you get the coleslaw in there too? I usually get the slaw. I like slaw. It, it depends. It depends uh, on the day. Sometimes I'm feeling extra fries. All right. But that also means I have to get extra sauce. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah. does the time of day that you order, does that potentially play into it? Oh, like if you order it at like 2 p.m., maybe some slaw is okay. But if it's like 2 a.m., probably need some double fries at that point, right? Yeah, so I would say normal eating hours, there's slaw. And then once we get past like eight o'clock, yeah. no slaw. Yeah, for obvious reasons. But you can <laughs> double prize, no slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. It's all Richie. I'm going to be in Tallahassee this weekend. Certainly have to go by and get a get a box while I'm up there. Um, 
Trey, talk to us about uh, you. You you mentioned it when you came on. Um, coming from a small town in Alabama, ending up at Tallahassee. What uh, what led you here? How how did you end up at Tallahassee? Tell take us through that journey. So, I had the luxury of performing very well in high school. So I had the pick of any university basically to go to. Um, ironically, all the schools I narrowed it down to to visit, they were a shade of red. All the coaches were bald headed. So it was very funny that they all turned out that way. But I don't know. I've always wanted to be different. My entire family was AC, SEC, like born and raised, like mom played basketball at Alabama. I had an aunt that played basketball at Auburn. Uh, my granddad played football at Auburn. He had two brothers that also played football in the SEC. So I don't know. I I did take a visit to Alabama, but I just want to be different. I also like being closer to the beach. <laughs> so I ended up in Tallahassee. So you you mentioned it in high school. You, you basically had the profile, if we're talking football ratings, like a five-star athlete, right? You, you broke the under-20 world record twice uh, in the 60-meter hurdles, which is your specialty. Um, how early were these college coaches coming after you? And when did you make first make contact with Florida State? Uh, I would say like junior year. Um, I was still back in the era, which is crazy to say because it only changed like recently that coaches couldn't text us. Like the only form of like <laughs> texting was like Facebook Messenger. Um, like they couldn't even DM us on Instagram. It was so bizarre. And like I still got letters and stuff. And now people are like, we get letters? What? This is like archaic. I'm like, I would still enjoy a letter. But yeah, I mean, I got to pick it whichever way I wanted to, um, but it's just how crazy how the games changed. So, so how much of the Florida State's successful history play a role? Because when I was there from 2006 to 2010, Florida State won three national titles. So I'm like, I, I thought I was going to Florida State to watch football win a bunch. No, nah, they didn't win anything, but the track and field team – you know, we had Walter Dix, who, who was uh, phenomenal. Just so many great athletes came through the program. Mm -hmm. uh, how much of that was a part of the decision? Or was it just, like you said, doing something different and, you know, going to a, a fun college town that's close to a beach? Yeah, it did play a part of it. It wasn't like a super, super big pull. But, uh, I mean, it definitely speaks for itself, like having a history of great athletes coming out of here and the program as a whole being great. Like I had some institutions that were just up and coming. Um, I knew I wanted one that was established and wasn't trying to like break into the scene. So I had a little bit of a role. And you, you mentioned before the show, you have, you know, ACC indoors coming up um, really exciting, but we are also talking about how it's, so different when it comes to the conference championships versus the national championships, how the conference, um, you know, myself included, a lot of us in the listeners, I'm sure don't know that you have to be stacked across the board, like five deep in the conference championships, but you can go to the national championships. And if you have just a few key guys, you can win one talk us through that a little bit, because I, I found that pretty fascinating when you were telling us off air. Yeah. So, I mean, Performances matter. The, the clock is your enemy or your benefactor. I mean, the tape measure tells you how well you're going to do. But conference level, it's about 
bodies. Like how many people do you have in the mile? How many people do you have in the 100? So all those points tally up together to the team title or the team place. So, and there's only how many people in the ACC, like 12, 13, mm-hmm. there's not many teams to pull from. So you can stack the events any way you want to. I think my sophomore year, we had seven of the eight lanes in the 60 meter dash <laughs> for indoors. And that was a big thing for us because we were not supposed to win. We were down like 35 points and it just threw the entire meet. Like we went like one, two, five. I don't know. It was insane. And it just like swung the meat. But it's crazy that conference is so close to nationals because when you get to the national meet, you can win with like five people, four people, um, have them on the relay. They run one or two events a piece. They score in all of them. And then you have people who win their event like, it racks up really quickly because there's so few events um, that all the teams like perform in. So you can win a meet with like 60 points versus like conference where you need over a hundred. So it's very tight. Um, You won an ACC championship an individual ACC championship in 2021. What did that, what, how cool was that? Like how, you know, in an individual slash team sport, right? Like you're competing as an individual a lot of the time, but it's a team sport, but you know, how, how cool was that to, to pick that up uh, last season? Yeah. That last one was uh, kind of special because I think I was the first person to ever win four in a row. Yeah. Uh, and we had a very, very talented individual, Ronaldo Nehemiah. I don't know if you guys know that name. He was in Maryland when they were still in the ACC. And he actually held the collegiate record before it was broken in 2019 for like 30 something years. So it was a big deal for me to break that record. Yeah. Um, you came to FSU in 2018. Your coach now, Matt Kane, came in 2019, right? So the, the school you came to, immediately just kind of like after one year get a new coach and what was that like Like we see coaches leave all the time right like in football we don't you know sometimes we don't think about it in like other sports or whatever but how was that transition and then you know talk to us about your um relationship with coach kane as well so it was just such an odd experience like you know a lot of people go to school because they believe in that coach you know like especially if it's an individual event or like events oh my god words specific (laughs) you come to a school that's notorious for running backs you know like you're gonna go for that coach um and so I came to FSU like partly because of the coach and we were here freshman year sophomore year and then he gets another opportunity at A&M so he leaves and I just call up like one of my really close friends and I'm like what are we doing because she had no idea what to do either because we came to FSU for this dude and we're like, we're going to sit tight, see how coach Brandon like hires the position and like fill it out because we could always leave after fall. Um, Come to find out we got to upgrade. Love coach Kane. (laughs) Um, I mean, he's helped me improve and helped me improve as a person as well. So I've, I'm glad I stuck it out. Yeah. So, so Grant Holloway 
broke a record this year or last year that that stood since 1994 went for a uh, 7.29 in the 60 meter hurdles, the world mm-hmm. record. So I, I was curious. I went on Wikipedia. You realize it, in the record books, only 21 men in the history of this planet have a faster uh, 60 meter hurdles time than you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he knows, Richie. Actually, it's, You're not it's, that. It's you actually less than that. It's actually less it. than that because you're tied with several people. So you actually have the 16th fastest uh, six meter hurdles time in the history of the world. Okay. And how crazy <laughs> is that to, to think about that when you hear that? Uh, I just think back to when I broke the world junior record. Like it was kind of a concept. Like I could break the national record, not the world record. And then like I got closer and closer and closer. Like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I realized like how few people have actually ever done it. Like, at this level um it's just kind of surreal like i tell people all the time i'm competing with the pros that i used to watch on tv and it's just kind of crazy because like they're not supposed i'm not supposed to be like they're like my brain i'm still like 12 years old watching them at the olympics so <laughs> it's it's just kind of a surreal thing like it's just kind of whatever <laughs> but yeah. at the same time <laughs> It's, it's, it reminds me of like when you, I hear, uh, I'm a big golf guy. So when you hear the younger players on tour talk about Tiger and when they get to compete against him, it's like, whoa, yeah. what, what's going on here? Yeah. But G- Grant Holloway, he's 27 years old. I'm guessing you're 21, 22. So, and you're what? Your personal record's a 742. Mm. 729 is the world record. Is that is that your goal? What you're eyeing? Because you're, you're right there, man. So right now we're eyeing collegiate record. Um, like 729, like you said, it hadn't been touched in like 30 years. So it was a monumental task for it to be done. And it's going to be like, I mean, it's the human limit. Like that's as far as we've come so far. So right now it's just a collegiate record. It's 735. It's like right there. I can like touch it. (laughs) Um, But coach showed me a video of when I ran the 742, like just to like, so I could see it. Uh, how close I actually am to the world record. It's like my arm length and uh, like, I would say two hands on the end of it. Like that's yeah. how, like I could literally touch it. <laughs> what, what makes track so fun for me, man, especially the, these short distance runs, like the hundred meter is the premier event in the, at the Olympics because literally it's a split second. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The competition is so thin. Talk to us. How did you get into hurdles, right? Like how did you get into running and hurdles and track mm-hmm. and, um, that's a fun one, right? Yeah. Take, take us uh, way back. So I was always like fast as a little kid, like running on the playground and stuff. Um, but one day I just kind of like followed my cousin out the track practice and kind of stuck with it. I was so bad at hurdles when I first started. Like, <laughs> so Y'all can look it up. It's embarrassing, but a lovely thing called puberty helped me out when I got to like high school and I just kind of blossoms from there (laughs) that's epic um talk to us about um just your time at florida state in general i mean you talked about a little bit about coach kane you talked about the decision to come to florida state but just talk to us about life at fsu i know you probably go on forever with that but um you know the good the bad and the ugly no just good things only but uh talk to us about your time at fsu and um you know, the impact that, that, that the university and the athletic program and things have, have kind of made on your life as you kind of look back over your career. Yeah, I think it kind of touches on me trying to be different from my family. Like, I grew up going to Alabama, 
all the time. I grew up going to Auburn all the time. So I understood like what college life was. Like my mom would tell me stories about what, how she was doing when she was a collegiate athlete. Um, but I think it was really good for me. It took, got me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Uh, like this is a totally, totally different uh, environment than Tuscaloosa or Auburn. No. Like different people, different cultures. So um, I'm really glad I came. Uh, I think it made me a better person. It made me learn a lot about myself, like what was important to me, what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I think it opened up a lot of doors because it gave me another opportunity to make more connections. Like I had the connections in Alabama already. Like I could have went to campus in Tuscaloosa and had friends immediately. <laughs> so I, th I just think it helped me grow as a human, just the yeah. overall experience. So, so obviously, uh, you know, the track program's always clicking on all cylinders, it feels like right now, but the football, not so much. Uh, we need some help at receivers. Did Willie Tagger or Mike Norvell ever come say, hey, man, did you want to come take some tryouts and play for us? No, they didn't. I mean, <laughs> they didn't. Um, you have pretty good hands or no? When I was younger, I didn't. But sometimes now people like throw stuff at me. I'm just like grab it i'm like <laughs> well, we probably could use the help still i'm oh, just yeah. like I mean, the gloves they have stuff. i mean i could probably grab anything there you go right <laughs> <laughs> um what are some so i know that you guys are super busy in um in season and the season is not a not a short one at all but um you know everybody loves football and everybody enjoys you know uh that what are what do you get a chance to go out and see many other sports like out of season or get to watch much else like that that kind of happens whether it be like an Olympic sport or just what is there anything else like you really enjoy going out and watching and hanging out and seeing? I live really close to the Civic Center, so I go to the basketball games when I can. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, I mean, my mom played basketball. I used to think I was going to play in the NBA when I was younger, so I enjoy basketball. Um, I've actually never gotten into football, even though my dad was a football coach. Uh, I watch the football games backwards, so I'm talking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but I try and go as much as I can. Like, I'm a sports fan. Um, yeah. I mean, I might not be the traditional American sports fan, baseball, football, but I do like sports. Yeah, that's awesome. What's – um? I know you, you talked about this just a little bit, um, but what, what do you kind of – like, what are your – like kind of what's next, right? Like once we get past college, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Um, obviously, you know, take this to professional, but like, what are, what are your dreams or goals or like what, you know, what are kind of like the next steps or next, next things for you? Yeah. So the next like immediate step is to turn professional, like get an agent, have a shoe deal. Uh, outside of that, we're going to make the world team this year. It's in Eugene. If you want to make the trip up to Oregon to watch Woo! Um, <laughs> you can pull that thing in Orlando for us. <laughs> well, I wish. I'm gonna be in Eugene for like five weeks out of this year. Ooh. It's I need to make a little residency claim. Yeah. Uh, but like after this year, we're gonna run the rest of the professional circuit uh, and then see what professional's life is like after college and. That can last anywhere from next year to until I'm like 35-ish. So we'll see how far that goes. But after that, there's no telling. I mean, I'm writing a thesis right now, so I might be a professor or I might stay in the sport and be a coach or an agent. We'll see. Cool. Love it. Well, we, 
we are super excited um, for you guys. You said you had ACCs coming up this weekend and then nationals shortly after that. Um, we'll definitely be following along and seeing how things go uh, for you going forward. Um, but we really appreciate your time, Trey, and coming on here and chatting with us for just a few minutes today and wish you all the best of luck here at FSU and then in the future as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Trey Cunningham from FSU Track. Thanks, man. You have a good one. Thanks, you too. Thanks, Thanks buddy. He was awesome. That's great. Yeah. Richie, that's blazing. That is so fast. That's, that's ridiculous. Like <laughs> when, you, when you think about it, like I said, only 16 men in the history of planet Earth have run a faster 16 meter hurdle than him. <laughs> I love the way you, uh, I love the way you say like, you know, on planet Earth, like, in the Milky Way galaxy, like it, yeah, like you as just far like as big it up, like, yeah. as far <laughs> you like try. Like I, I, I do it. believe in life uh, outside of this galaxy, but man, that that's ridiculous. That is moving. Yeah, that's insane. So, um, no, awesome. Always like getting uh, FSU athletes on to kind of tell their story, talk about um, what's going on in their world. Right? We're we're so focused yeah. at times on football or basketball or whatever that I love hearing from. Just any anybody, yeah. you know, like tell us your story um, as it pertains to FSU. So a really cool interview there. Um, hey, we interviewed Mike Martin on Thursday, kind of a preview. Um, nice start for the baseball season. season. Yeah, 2-0. We'll talk about baseball here in a minute with Harlan. But, uh, yeah, some good stuff going on with FSU. But stay tuned. You can follow FSU underscore track for updates on all their um, – happenings and events going on with the ACCs and the nationals coming up. All right, let's jump into football. Um, some sad news, Richie, why don't you start us off? I am, uh, I'm a little bit under the weather. I've been, I was going to say he, he ran 60 meters in seven seconds. I, it's taken me like three minutes to get out of bed the last couple of days. So why don't you take the wheel on this for a minute? Um, go through our couple of football things and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, I'll real- do it around the horn and then get out of here. Yeah, real quick. And this was earlier in the week, but obviously outside of the football season, we're a once a week show. Uh, but Pooh Bear Williams, you know, he passed away, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a Florida State legend uh, coaching high school and, and impacting many kids lives. Uh, I just felt like we should definitely mention him. Um, I think he was he was before my time, which means he was definitely before your time, TJ. Um, I just said he won was, a, yeah, 93 to 95. Yeah, yeah when, when you hear an FSU legend passing, um, especially when it's younger than it should be. It, it's always sad, uh, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no, super, super tragic. I, I, you know, not like a, not like a long-term illness, not like that would make it like, okay or anything, but yeah, yeah. very sudden, very tragic and awful to hear. Um, we were on the spaces when, when the news kind of hit the timeline and a couple people called in and just were kind of like talking about how much he meant to them and um, you know, how tough that was on them and, you know, obviously I didn't know him um, by, you know, I knew the name, but I didn't know him. And so, uh, but you know, a lot of people did and he made an impact on a lot of people's lives and that really sucks. Like you just, you hate to hear that and you hate to see that. So rest in peace to Pooh Bear. Um, our prayers and thoughts are with everybody kind of affected there. Um, Absolutely. Crappy, crappy news. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Um but, you know, looking ahead, we, we do have spring football coming up in the next few weeks here. David Hale, he's been on the show. He does a phenomenal job of just finding random stats and whatnot. 
Um, he, he released a graphic that talked about their leading, um, returning production in the ACC, and they had the leading rusher, passer, receiver from yards, uh, then sacks, tackles, and pass breakups. Um, Louisville returns like five of six, but Florida State returns four of the six. They, they lose Corbin, obviously, and Jermaine Johnson. Um, but they bring, again, it, it goes back to last week. We talked about the SP Plus, how they have the 11th most returning production. And uh, more and more advanced metrics keep coming out, suggesting this Florida State team should be uh, not a playoff contender, obviously, not even a contender in the ACC per se. But I think the excuses are done, right? We There's enough here now in year three that I think Coach Norvell really could put something together. Again, it won't be a 10-1 season, but, uh, you know, six and six won't cut it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the production that returns, I, you know, I, I've said this. I believe that outside of maybe defensive end, and they did a good job bringing in Jermaine uh, – I'm sorry, um, Jared Verse – Replacing Jermaine Johnson is going to be very tough. But if you upgrade every other position group, right, then you don't rely so much on Jermaine Johnson just having Jermaine Johnson-type games every single game to, to keep you in stuff. So I don't know. I, I think with the production that returns, I think the loss of Cor- Corbin is big, not quite as big as the loss of Johnson. But you've kind of counterbalanced that. You've counteracted that. To me, the biggest thing, the, I think the offensive line has gotten better. Linebackers have gotten better. Yeah. Defensive backs have gotten better. Um, wide receivers have probably gotten better um jordan if jordan travis stays healthy then yeah i mean six and six is not you know and if he's not healthy then it's gonna be tough right it's gonna be tough to to do a lot i think that we've talked about this the schedule sets up nicely um for like breaks at certain times you get two buys which is kind of nice you get a really really good um cupcake but i think yeah six and six is not good enough with the way that things line up and the way that things are happening really really should be able to kind of like take care of business here so um we return a lot of production you think about the guys we lost it's corbin and johnson and thomas right yeah. I, am i missing anybody i hope i'm not hope i'm not like leaving somebody massive out but I i'm don't sure we are lost. but yeah i thought i had no. i don't think we lost another major producer no like i wish i could see like okay if it, this is live radio this is terrible uh, so i'll just say i'm this, gonna do this real you, quick I, and you mentioned ahead. um you know if jordan travis goes down but at that point, it, that's kind of on Mike too because, like, it, this is his third year. It, it, this is his quarterback room, um, it, and we all have really high hopes for AJ Duffy. I do think that that kid looks like he could be special. Um, but if he's not ready this year, obviously we lost Chuba Purdy, who I, some reason decided to go to Nebraska to compete there instead of staying at Florida State and competing. But you know, best of luck to him. But yeah, it's Jordan Travis. He's got to stay healthy. I, I agree. Or AJ Duffy has to be that guy that we think he or we hope he can be. Yeah. So in looking it up, um, yeah, we we're not losing. You know, it's Corbin, your, who yeah. was your leading rusher, uh, and so that that is a loss. Um, you return your next. You return everyone else that had a positive <laughs> exactly. uh, rushing yardage. Like, you know, you lose Milton, but that doesn't count. Right? Like that's, it's not a, yeah. you know. Um, receiving, you lose no one from that. I'm sorry, you lose parchment. But I, I'd say with who came in, you probably upgraded there. Um, defense, you lose Johnson and Kier. But then, yeah. you know, you, you look at like the other guys that just led the team in tackles. 
Robinson's back. Deloach is back. Lundy's back. Gainer's back. Brownlee's back. Dent's back. Cooper's back. Williams is yeah. back. Uh, Sidney Williams back? Was he a senior? He might not be. I think he's back, but I'm not sure. But either way, if all these guys do take Love the next back. step forward, is back. yeah, yeah. The, all these guys, guys take a step yeah. forward, plus what you added and in the portal and, you know, I don't right. know how, how many impact freshmen we have, probably not many um, in the class. But yeah, there's, I'm going to talk myself into 10 wins by like July and I'll probably be back uh, down to seven so by crazy. August. But I, mean, I really think that it comes down to if FSU can can beat LSU and start two and zero, I really huge. think they can get to eight. You know, if they lose to LSU, I'm thinking seven's probably the ceiling. Not that they couldn't get more, but that's just kind of yeah. where I see it. I think they need to just go ahead and beat LSU, get to two and zero, go beat Louisville the next week, and kind of go from there. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like the amount of production they're bringing back. It's why I'm really confident against you know. I know it's much later in the year. A lot can happen. If I'd have told you at the beginning of the year that we were only going to lose to Florida by three, you'd probably said like, ah, it seems a little close. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that's why I like us. That's why I think we're going to be a better team than Florida next year. I mean, I don't even really doubt that. I think we're bringing back a lot more production than they are. Now mm-hmm. they could improve by the end of the year, and I could be wrong about that. But if you if we played Florida week one, I got us winning. I yeah. got us winning without a doubt. For you sure. get a healthy Jordan Travis. Um, I got us winning week one in that game. So I don't know. I, returning production makes me feel really, really good. It's also to the point now where I do think we have enough talent on the team to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, right? I'm okay this season, right? Like standards are standard, whatever. I'm okay losing a game to Miami if, you, if they've got more talent than you. I'm okay losing a game to Clemson if they got more talent than you. I'm okay losing a game to LSU if they got more. I'm not okay. NC State, I'd probably put NC State up there too. Yeah. I'm not okay with losing to Syracuse, Louisville, Boston College, Georgia Tech, um, probably not okay losing to Wake Forest, but that yeah, one's maybe they, they bring back a lot from. Yeah, <laughs> but, I they bring back. I, I just still am not. I, I'm not okay with that. But again, like, that's I, I believe that's one of the games where Travis didn't really play. So again, he didn't play at all. Like yeah, it's yeah. tough so, to know like what that would have looked like if he really did get to been. play. So that's so, those games are frustrating. Even NC State again, where Jordan Travis didn't yeah. really play frustrating the easiest way but for me i i think i'm most intrigued as we head to spring coming up to see what the receivers look like because i think that that could really change this entire offense if these transfers are what we hope they are that's to me the one position i'm most excited about what about you we'll get into a spring preview you know in the next week or two but receiver room for me is the most intriguing you know two weeks out outside of the start of spring practice yeah, I mean, just so that I'm a little different from you, I mean, I, you know, I'll I'll say defensive line just because you you do lose so much there. But I, I mean, I agree with you. I just want to go with kind of a different answer. Yeah. So that we're not just repeating. Well, I mean, receivers yeah. is the obvious easy answer for anybody, right? right. Now, right? So I, I just so took it. <laughs> I think defensive line is one that I'm very intrigued by as well. What kind of impact does Jared Verse make? I mean. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson literally won you games last year, you know, in in being so nasty, kept you in in the Notre Dame game, kept you in the Clemson game. You know, I I think that without him, it looked a lot, you know, it's probably a three or four wins. Yeah, maybe talking about a two and ten team. So, yeah, I mean, Jermaine, uh, defensive line is a big one for me, too. Both lines. I mean, that's what it is. I I hate cliches. I hate the, um, you know. The, oh, it's one of the trenches, but it really is. You know, if the offensive line and the defensive line can be improved, and and that's the one thing I think the defensive line this year can be better than they were last year. 
but without the star power, right? Like I think if Lovett takes a step forward, Robert Cooper's coming back. Verse can can kind of offset some of that loss of Johnson. I'm not not predicting the defensive line is going to be better, but I think they can be more complete. There's more depth there. It's not just all on Jermaine being a monster. The defensive line could maybe even be better, and with better secondary play and an improvement in the linebackers. The Loach played a lot better down the stretch last year. Yeah. Lundy was good. I mean, you know, at times. And then you bring in Tatum Bethune. I, I think that I honestly think the whole defense could be, you know, improved. It's going to be tough to Should replace be. Jermaine and Kier, be, yeah. but I think there's a lot, a lot of positives there. But D line is, is probably mine. Wide receivers is the answer, but to be a little different, I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, what do we have up next? So Mike Norvell, you know, he, he's very calculated with his recruiting weekends, uh, and we won't get into a huge list because there's still a lot of visitors that will uh, that are confirmed that won't show up that are not confirmed that will show up but he's smart you know the first week of spring practice he is coinciding with a big recruiting weekend march 5th i know josh has talked about it with you on the spaces a lot um but that's going to be a big recruiting weekend to potentially set the tone for this 2023 class yeah no no doubt i mean i, I think that you know, we, we don't dive so much into recruiting. And I, as we get a little bit closer, I mean, we would probably will have like Zach or Dane or Josh or somebody on to, to chat about it. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Josh has kind of talked about, you know, be very mindful of who is there and who isn't there, um, who shows up and who doesn't show up to that first visit weekend after the dead period. If, you know, there are guys that you're really big on that aren't there. It's not the best sign. It's not a deal breaker, not a done deal. These are unofficial visits, but be, pay, pay close attention to that. Dane's doing a good job of uh, updating a yeah. list. He's confirmed a bunch of guys that haven't been confirmed anywhere else um, or get confirmed later by other people. Um, so check out doublefriesnoslaw.com. There is an article that we continue to update as Dane gets new names and, uh, and writes in who he is confirming and who is on their way to Tallahassee first weekend in march um that might be it for football do we have anything else for football i feel like that's it i think that's it we can we can move to basketball um Oof, not really Im- go ahead take this really impressive win in my opinion against clemson you know that that's a game they should not that's have a, won. it was a gutty win for yeah sure. that's a game they should not have won um they were not favored raekwon heavens goes for a career high 28 points um, I, I'd never see, need to see another basketball game that has 66 combined free throws again. That that made it a little rough, but that's you know with ACC refs, you never know what to expect. Uh, but Raquan Evans again, just cutting it out. You know, ends up getting injured a little bit. Um, it led to last night, which was Duke. Um, thankfully, I was actually at a wedding of one of my employees. Uh, I was watching the game a little bit, and then they we all saw you were watching the game. Lindsay, they, they were getting ready to do the first dance, and I had to turn it off for a little bit. And that's when Florida State was close, like in the first towards the end of the first half. And after the first dance, I pull out my phone. I'm like, "We're losing by 12 at halftime. What the heck happened?" Um, so I didn't get to watch all of the game or, or, or much of it, but it was what I was expected, right? They were literally missing all five starters if Ham had his everyone available. So when your first guy off the bench is a walk-on, it, it's rough, it's frustrating. But I, I did want to mention, I, I loved hearing Coach Ham- Hamilton, you know, just talk about Jared Lynn. I think we talked about it a little bit last time, but, you know, how the, that Clemson, when they were really fighting for that. Um, Duke, it, it is what we expected it to be. Um, if Florida State gets another win or two at the end to 
finish out the season, that'd be great. But I think it's now let's turn our focus to next year. Can we get Matthew Cleveland back? Right. Can, will Caleb Mills come back for another year? Because if they do in, in some of the pieces you have coming in, like a Tom house, who's a legit outside, you know, Steph Curry type shooter, not Steph Curry, no one's Steph Curry, but he's a legit shooter that, that this team's kind of missing. Maybe next year could be good, but that's kind of my thoughts on the basketball team right now. Another week without a minute. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they were, you love the effort yesterday. Yeah. Um, Duke hit a couple of big hard. threes. Yeah. yeah. Duke hit a couple of big, big threes um, when it was a one point game at the end of the first half. And, you know, they just really couldn't, you know, they got it by 10. And that's, you know, it just kind of stayed yeah, there. It's over at that point. And, and then, you know, the second half, I mean, we just ran out of gas, didn't have enough guys, but love the effort, love the fight. Would have loved to win it, but it kind of stinks. Um, yeah. <laughs> The women's team had a big win. Yes, um, another on, one on Thursday. I think it was. I think they played Thursday. Let me click this and find out. Maybe if I wasn't sick all week, I could tell you. Was it Wednesday or all weekend? No, I think they played Thursday. Didn't the, the they played Boston College? Yeah, on the seventeenth, whatever day the seventeenth was. So I don't know, three days ago. Maybe that was Thursday. Yeah, that was Thursday. Yeah, play Boston College. Uh, I ended up getting a big win there um, at home. <clears throat> against a team that came in with more wins than that. Like we were, you know, really, really good team um, to kind of keep their tournament hopes alive. They are playing North Carolina right now. North Carolina is a ranked team. I believe they're ranked 24th in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start. It was 11 to five UNC right now. Florida state has a lead at the end of the first quarter, 14 to 13. So that's one that I'm definitely keeping my eyes on today. It's their paint it pink. Uh, yeah. game so hopefully they can win that one and keep their tournament hopes alive winning today would go a long way i think if they win today and then they split in the last two and then win one or two in the acc tournament i think they'll get in so fingers crossed for them probably not getting into the tournament i don't even know if the i don't even know if the um, nit is a thing for the men or not but it doesn't look like the men are going to no. get in but i do think that uh I do think the women have a great chance. And so that's where I'm putting, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket right now. There we go. Um, Harlan, you got time. You want to get in here real quick? Let's talk a little baseball. Harlan's our resident yeah. baseball. Um, hot start for the uh, baseball team this week. They, they uh, start in about 40 minutes here at 1 PM third game against JMU. Um, one opening night, which Mike was on here Thursday talking about how he doesn't love opening night just because, it's just too much, too much emotion, too much energy, too much crap going on. But they got down early, battled right back, a couple of solo home runs, ended up winning four to one. Parker Messick was phenomenal for the game. And then they won yesterday as well. Bryce Hubbard was also very, very good. Uh, bats exploded, ended up winning that one. Was it was 12 it 2? 12 2, yeah. Um, yeah, the arms, the arms are as legit as everyone was putting them out to be. Like, how the coaches voted them um, to win the ACC. It's because of the arms. I mean, 11 strikeouts in five and two thirds, and then followed up on Saturday with 13 Ks and in five innings from your second guy. And a little birdie told me yesterday that the dude throwing today has shown just as much promise in the spring. So don't be surprised if you see another number like that today uh, to have your Friday, Saturday and Sunday guys be left-handed you know mid 90s 
with three pitches is going to be really hard on anyone playing you for a weekend series. Um, and then your closer is left-handed too. So they're good. And they've got some young guys, uh, some transfers. You know, Terrell from Miami hit the Grand Slam yesterday. He's hitting three hole. Yeah. There's a lot of new faces out there. So if you watched last year and you turned on the game today, there's a lot of guys that you did not see from last year. But then there's some familiar faces. You know, Lacey's still as consistent as can be uh, in the two hole. So I think they're going to be a fun team to watch this year. Um, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Omaha. Has that ball landed that Terrell hit yet? Or oh did it gosh. hit the circus tent? Because it, I loved watching it because the outfielder didn't even try to act like he could catch that. He just gave up. Yeah. And that was, it was a bomb. He was sitting dead red. I mean, I think he, they got behind an account. He's just, he's that, le- those left-handed guys like that short, high porch in right field. So um, he's going to be fun to watch this year as well. You talked about the um, pitching staff and, yeah, obviously they they were incredible, and and that's the biggest thing, right? Like, is if you can get into any kind of series, right? Like to win the ACC, it's the stupid pod play that we hate and stuff. But yeah. you you throw your, I mean, I assume you throw your best two guys in in the pod play, right? Because you got to win both of them to get in. But then if you have that third guy, it makes it really really interesting to to then go on the tournament because you put yourself in a great chance to get into the championship same thing with the uh with the super or with the regionals friday saturday guy get into sunday and then you just got to win one same thing with the supers right you just have to win two there and you use your friday saturday guys right so having that third guy makes those tournaments even more special and the the weekends right like obviously parker and bryce are not going to win every single game they play well i mean one of them might but um you know having having really two aces on Friday and Saturday to really like lock up series before you even get the gold uniforms on Sunday pull out is really kind of special. Yeah. It's usually, you know, it's usually kind of a drop off when you go from Friday to Saturday to Sunday, um, which is what a normal, you know, college baseball team is going to have. You got your ace, you got your two guy, you got your three guy. I mean, I'll watch today, but as of right now, I don't think you have just one ace. I think Friday and Saturday, they're just as good. You know, both of them are, very, very good for how young they are. I mean, they both have another year, but I'm going to watch today. I mean, you might have three aces on staff uh, that are all left-handed. So, you know, we'll watch here in about 40 minutes. The offense, um, we'll, we'll ask you this, then we'll move on so people can kind of watch some of the other games. And there's a lot of FSU athletics happening right now as we speak and then coming up in the next few minutes. But uh, the offense as well, I mean, obviously exploded yesterday, but um, – you know, don't want to overreact too much to just a, an opening weekend game against a, you know, a James Madison team that's good, but not, you know, ACC caliber or anything else like that. But do we expect uh, maybe not 12 runs a game, but do we expect the offense to to be a little improved? Is that kind of what we're thinking too? Yeah, I saw, uh, you know, you heard Mike talk about it, that they're not just going to be a home run or die team this year. And you can kind of see that um, if you look up and down their lineup, it's not going to be home run, home run. I mean, we, they hit – They've hit three or four home runs in two games, which is a lot. But um, you can see more of the um, put the ball in play, base hit uh, type team that he was talking about um, compared to last year. But you'll see that when you watch them. Um, It's not going to be Nelson hitting 40 40 home (laughs) runs in a season. There's nobody on there that's going to do that. Yeah. Well, cool. We'll bring you back in from time to time to talk baseball. Really exciting. Um, It's more fun when they're good. 
So hopefully yeah. we need it after football or basketball, right? Yeah. No say. Um, so cool. Thanks, Harlan. Yep. Um, softball's been incredible to start. I think they're eight. No, actually, I know they're eight. No, they play UCF here in about four minutes. So jump off here and go watch that. Um, play UCF, and then they play, I believe, number three, UCLA tonight. Um, they've won eight straight games. Their last three wins are against ranked opponents, and so that's really impressive. Absolutely beat down uh, Texas. Same thing, beat, blew out Tennessee, and then uh, yesterday won a close one against Michigan. So the softball team is absolutely on fire. If they can go 2-0 today, I'd imagine that they uh, wind up in the top two or three when the polls come out tomorrow. So let's be UCF and then we'll see what happens against UCLA and then we'll go from there. Um, Softball and baseball, both playing really, really, really well. Um, Enjoy, enjoy seeing that men's tennis uh, won a big, big match yesterday on the road um, at number 18, Mississippi state. Um, obviously an underdog on the road and against a ranked team. They were incredible. Really took Mississippi State out to the woodshed, blew them out, ended up winning that one as well. And then swimming and diving have their uh, are compete were competing in the ACCs. I think that's I think they've wrapped that up. Um, you can find out more at Seminoles.com on how they did there. Uh, Richie, you have any thoughts on our around the horn? You have anything else before we get out? I think that's everything. I'm about to pass yeah, out here. I think we hit it all. Um, it, <laughs> big thanks to Trey Cunningham. That, that guy's a legit. He's like I said, he's 0.13 seconds from a world record. That's ridiculous. So I appreciate him coming on the show today. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. We probably have a pop-up episode coming tomorrow night. Um, stay tuned for that. Some more FSU coaches and athletes coming on the show. Um, But for today, this is all I've got. So for Richie Barnes, CJ Pittenger, we will see you guys sometime this week, probably tomorrow night. Until next time, though, go Noles.